The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you needed. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. Hi there. Welcome to the Zamzo Show. I'm your host, Callie Zamzo, and today is World Honeybee Day. So I'm kind of excited about what we're going to be talking about. Our topic and our guest today is all about bees. And I love bees, and I have always loved bees, but more recently um, became a sort of novice beekeeper myself. And so I'm excited to be the one who gets to interview our guest today. Um, I just want a quick reminder uh, to everybody, we are not taking live phone calls today, um, but you're always welcome to email us at zamzos at zamzos.com, and we will take your questions and either answer them on air or we will answer them off air, and we'll send you an email. So... Without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest, which I'm very excited about, as I mentioned, um, Eric Tyshirt. I said that right? Yes. yes yeah. Very good. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this because I feel like a lot of times when I'm interviewing people on the show, I know some of the answers and I'm just kind of trying to get the other <laughs> answers. I really don't know. So I'm asking questions and I'm hoping to glean some information for my own personal selfish reasons today so well one thing you'll learn about beekeepers is we all have our own opinions i'm learning that so which makes it harder but easier. right don't take everything i say as doctrine it's different for everybody uh, yeah even books i've read a couple yes. of books and i'm like well wait they said well these said yeah i it's kind of funny when i very first started um i it was so i was so novice that i didn't even really know how to get the bees into the hive i, I had this box of bees and i didn't know what to do with them and um, and I, I, it was a sort of, a, I did this wing it thing and it worked out. They're all still hanging in. So right. apparently no, there's a, there's a science and there's an art. Yeah. And, uh, I think the art is the, the fun part of beekeeping. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll get there. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get a little background on you. Um, so obviously you're, I'm going to call you an expert today. You feel like an expert? Uh, I don't know. It seems like the more you, you learn, the less you know, yeah. Oh, things, but isn't that true? You know, so I, true. I try. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. Well, you certainly have more ex expertise than okay. I do. So, give us a little bit of your history. How did you get into beekeeping to begin with? Yeah. So, I, uh, my in-laws are, my brother-in-law just took over their business. He's fifth-generation beekeeper. So they've oh, been man. doing it for 130 years. Oh wow. Um, and they've they started in eastern Idaho. They've gone to. North Dakota. Now they're in California, and they do the commuting from California to North Dakota every summer. Um, but every time I hung out with the in-laws, I learned a little bit more about bees. I went and worked with them. I went and and uh, followed them around, basically. And at at the time, I actually owned a pest control company, so I I knew a thing or two about bees. 
um, about insects in general. Um, but the more I learned about bees, it just seemed way better. It, it was funner. It was it was more of a challenge to keep them alive than to kill them. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I ended up selling my pest control business and buying bees and deciding that I didn't want to live in California or North Dakota. So I started my own business here. I'm born and raised here in Middleton. So Okay. Oh, fantastic. Well, that's exciting. So, okay. So when you say that it's a business, so do you have, I mean, how many boxes do you have? Can yeah. You- so I have, I'm up to 2000 hives now. Okay. I bought 300 hives from them and I've just, I've grown it. Um, each spring there's an opportunity with bees to split. Mm-hmm. And uh, as long as they survive winter, then you can split them in the spring. And so I've grown it. I'm up to about 2000 hives now. Oh man. And uh, most of my business, it's, it's, it's a lot of pollination. So I still go to California to pollinate almonds. I pollinate just about all the fruit here in the valley, uh, Sunny Slope, um, so Sims, Cherry, uh, Cherry Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of their pollination. And in the summer, I do a lot of carrot seed pollination, onion seed pollination. Uh, right now, we're actually in turnips. So we do a lot of seed pollination in addition to making honey. Interesting. So then, so, and pardon me for not knowing this, but so you're, they call you up and say, hey, could you... Just bring your hives out here, so you yes. transport the hives. Yep, and so you move them out there, and then they're there for a short period of time, and yep, they exactly. do what they do, and then you move them again somewhere else. Yep, exactly. How long are they in a place at any given time? So in almonds, usually the bloom starts about Valentine's Day, but we put them there the first of February just to go through them because we're just getting them out of winter storage sheds. So we want to make sure a they're alive, b they're strong enough, um, because there's there's minimums on our contract. The bees have to have the hive at least has to have eight frames. Okay. Um, and so you want to make sure you know they're good. So you're helping boosting, you're feeding, you're getting pollen patties, and you're trying to get them up and going. And so they're usually there from first of February through mid March. Um, and sometimes I drag my feet until about end of March because at that point I can bring them back to Idaho and the fruit trees are. Starting, starting, to, yeah. somewhat starting, and so okay. it's kind of a dance as far as that goes. But the fruit trees, they're only in there. Like this year was fast; it was delayed, but when it when the bloom started, it was over so quickly. It felt like that this year. Yeah, yeah, and everything bloomed quickly, and then boom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was <laughs> everything was bloom all at once. I mean, normally we have, you know, our sweet cherries and our peaches and our plums, and everything starts and then goes into apples and then tart cherries. But it all hit at once. I mean, the the apples were actually done before some of the peaches. I mean, it was mm. it was a crazy year, and uh, so yeah, they they call me and tell me, you know, bring them. Your bloom's about to start, and then especially with apples, they like to spray after the king bloom gets pollinated, and so at that point they say, we need them out yeah, now because you don't want to accidentally kill the bees. Right. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So there is a you kind of at their mercy you mm-hmm. know you have to be available to move bees in and out and the problem is it's all done at night oh i and guess that makes sense yeah so they're they're flying all during the day if you take their box the they ones that are out foraging come. are homeless right makes sense yeah and so you could probably see it in my eyes i'm i'm very sleep deprived <laughs> this time of year <laughs> I, I, I work all day long and then stay up all night moving bees and so it's Wild. It is what it is right now. I, I, it's such a it's, a it's a cool job you have. Very cool. So this may be a question, and you may or may not know how to answer it, but I was just thinking about, um, I don't know that people fully grasp why we do it, why we use bees as the pollinators in this particular, like, why wouldn't you just 
get a bunch of butterflies like they pollinate or why wouldn't you um, I don't get a bunch of hummingbirds and like like why is it wh- what is it about bees that make them the, the like the perfect thing to to pollinate and to use in the way that you're that you're doing and well really in the way that mother nature yeah no them. good question I mean if you look at the almond trees that attracts a lot of insects a lot of pollinating insects but the problem is they're so early that the population level isn't there. The, the the mass amount of insects required to pollinate all those blooms just isn't there. Where with honeybees, we've we've been able to manage them. You know, we've been able to trick them into staying into boxes that we want them to stay in. And by doing so, we can bring, we can move the numbers of insects required to do the pollination. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I'm actually in blueberries right now and Honeybees aren't the best at pollinating blueberries. There's a lot of other insects, a lot of other bees that are better. In fact, like bumblebees are better, but they're more individual. You know, they they don't have a hive, and so the numbers were just they're not able to get the numbers up like they need. So it's that working together thing that bees yeah. do that really yeah, works. Yeah, exactly. Right? And then the bees, you know, they communicate. They do their little waggle dance. They tell each other where the blooms are, and they're full of fuzz which the pollen just sticks to and i mean they're built for this they're great at it yeah okay so i think this is a good transition um because we when we talk about bees to general public a lot of times people are like i hate bees um they you know they ruin my picnics they you know that kind of thing and i think that people think that if it's yellow and black and striped it's Mm -hmm. a bee and that's so far from the truth in, in so many different ways. They're, they're vastly, vastly different creatures. So when we're talking today about honeybees, yes. primarily what we're yeah. talking about is honeybees, because even, in, even when we talk about bees, there are a lot of different bees yeah. as well yeah. that do not produce honey and that right. are completely different. So we're really talking about honeybees bees today, and we're not talking about, for instance, wasps. <laughs> no, I'm with them. Wasp and yellow jackets are one of our biggest enemies they they try to get into the hive they actually are carnivores that are trying to eat the brood which is the young baby bees so they give me a lot of problems too so i uh, i'm right there with you on the dislike of wasp and yellow jackets mm-hmm. absolutely well they are pretty amazing and we're going to get into it here as we go along on this show today um it's almost time for a break so i just want to remind you that you are um listening to the Zamzo's Garden Show. And I have a guest today, Eric Tyshirt, and we're talking about honeybees and pollination and um, everything you need to know, we hope. Well, it looks like it's time for a break. So I just want to remind you that today is World Honeybee Day, and we'll be back with our guest, Eric Tyshirt, to talk more about bees on the Zamzo's Show, right here on News Talk KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo, and Scott Poole of Nampa recently applied some Zamzo's Humagreen to his yard, and he is very pleased with how it looks. Well, I would put a lot of the credit to Humagreen. I love a good yard, and it is beautiful, it's lush, it's green. We've been doing it for three years now, and we've had just excellent luck with it from the beginning. In fact, Scott says his lawn looks so good that when people pull up, they think it's some sort of fancy venue. Well, it looks like a park. You pull up, and you just look at it, and it just looks lush. I always like to walk around a yard with bare feet, and we can do that with ours, and it just feels like a nice plush carpet. In fact, Humagreen makes your lawn so healthy and vibrant, not only will you notice it, but others will too. We even had a teenage boy the other day drive up, and teenage boys don't really notice much, <laughs> but he goes, your yard looks fantastic. What do you do? And I said, well, we use Amzos. So take it from Scott Poole of Nampa. I think it's kind of magic. Every year we put it on, and you just see the greenness just pop. Nobody knows. 
Kansas. We are News Talk KBOI. And we're back with the Zamzo Show. I'm your host, Callie Zamzo. And today is World Honeybee Day, which uh, really has me very excited because we're talking about bees, um, honeybees to be specific, with Eric Teichert. He is a beekeeper. He is a professional in the in studio today. Um, I want to remind you that we are not taking phone calls, but we will take um, emails. So if you want to email us at zamzos at zamzos.com, um, we'll either answer them on air or we will answer them off air. But regardless, we'll answer your questions. And it doesn't have to be about bees. You can you can ask us anything. Um, okay, so let's get back to talking about bees. So when, when we left off, we were talking about kind of the differences between bees and some of the other yellow and black striped insects out there um, that can cause a lot of problems. And really, when we're at a picnic, for instance, and usually it's it's like later in the season when it's hotter and you get, you know, your soda pops are open and your fried chicken is out and they're, they're coming over and they won't leave you alone. And then they can get a little aggressive um, those are not bees. Those are not honeybees. No. No. Those are wasps and hornets and other flying yes. jerks, we like jerks. to call them. Jerks. It's, it's a great <laughs> word. It's a great word for those. They are, they're way more aggressive, way more territorial. They're way, they're just, they're not the docile honeybees that I enjoy working with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm amazed even in the garden when I come across a honeybee that's just kind of buzzing around. Even the way that they... Um, even the way that they fly around is different. If you observe, you'll see that they're they're really different in everything that they do. They look different, and but you just have to take a moment to to recognize that. Right, right. They're 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 thicker. I mean, you see the yellow jackets, the wasp. They've got you know just a thin yeah thin parts, thin abdomens. Bees, they're you can see they're they're hopping from flower to flower. Where wasp, yellow jackets, they're landing on anything and everything. They're like I say they're more they're they're more carnivore. And yes. So they're they're after the meat. They're after anything but a flower. Yeah, yeah. I uh, there. Why we have a um, somebody in our office here whose in-laws are beekeepers, and they had some hives that were just destroyed by. I mean, they, when they opened up the hive, the bees were shredded because um, some hornets, I think, had gotten in there and just shredded. Yeah, the yeah, bees murdered them. Real damage. Yeah, yeah. So not the same thing. No. So, no. <laughs> so when we're talking, so when we're talking about bees, and we're talking about bee awareness, and we're talking about. Um, the, these wonderful beings that are key to pollination and really to life on this planet. They're key. They're very, very important insects. Um, vastly different. They, now, they do sting. Yes. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. Like what, because I think a hornets, hornets are, they're different about, first of all, I think a hornet can sting you many, many times. Multiple times, yeah. Yeah, so they don't have the, the barbed stinger. And so once it, you know, they can sting and then they can move and sting again. Where a bee has a barbed stinger, so once it's injected, the barb gets stuck and it actually pulls out part of their insides with them. I mean, the guts, you can see it when you get stung, you know, some of the guts are, and it causes them to die. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a natural fence, they still have it, but they can only do it once, unless it's the queen bee, she also doesn't have a barb, but chances are getting stung by her. Slim. Very slim. Very slim. I did learn this recently in my book reading that if you got stung by a bee, it was a female. Yes. <laughs> yes. In fact, most, just about all the bees in a hive are female. So you have the queen bee. She's the one that lays the eggs. And the crazy thing is all the worker bees, given the right circumstances, could actually, could have become a queen. 
um, if they're fed right, if they're in the right size cell. In fact, that's part I talked about. I expanded my apiary. Mm -hmm. That's one of the ways I did it is I graft and I make my own queens, which then I can split a hive and introduce a new queen into that hive. And that's why I like to say when I say beekeeping, part of it's art. It, that's the enjoyable part to me. It's 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 fun to get creative and I say and it, it's not supposed to be derogatory by any means, but you almost feel in some ways like a god. Mm-hmm. You're creating these worlds, you're creating these hives just from taking parts of other hives, other masses, and it's just it's enjoyable. It's yeah. fun. It is amazing the the way and they communicate a lot. Is it pheromones or they yeah some, they they do a lot of communicating with that and and that's how they kind of determine. Yeah, they can sense when they're queenless. The pheromones they don't they don't smell that the pheromones of the queen. They can do a waggle dance to communicate where food is, and so they can say you know this direction based off of the sun and distance, oh, which is incredible. The sun's well, the sun's not moving. We're moving. But they can still figure it out, yeah. you know, and they can, and all my bee yards, I usually put about 40 hives in one location, and I purposely turn each pallet, that way the sun, the orientation of the sun is different for each hive. Mm. You know, I see a lot of beekeepers that put them in straight lines, but I'm like, that's got to be confusing. So, yeah. Yeah, I purposely turn it just, you know, to help them with their orientation. Interesting. That's fascinating. Um, okay, so... So going back to the stings, just because I know that's a yeah, big deal that, for everybody. That's what everyone likes to focus on. Right, the, the, the sting. First of all, I was reminded recently that there's a vast difference between the feeling of being stung by a wasp and the feeling of being stung by a bee. Honestly, the bee sting was way more mild. Yeah. It did not, it, now not to say that it didn't hurt, but it, it just wasn't quite as awful as yeah. as the wasp sting or the or a hornet sting they just weren't as bad i'm um, also it, there's something about the fact that the bee dies after they sting you that's like oh right <laughs> like it's both. the ultimate sacrifice <laughs> it, is, it is so they don't just go around like a hornet will like they'll come at you and sting you whereas right. a bee is really not trying to do that they're trying to avoid that at all costs right. because they're going to lose their life if they sting you right so it's different so the the circumstances where you might get stung by a bee is really when you put that bee in a situation that they don't have any other choice yeah. like you've stepped on them that and was that's the last time i got stung. right that's on growing up i remember that was when i would get stung you know you're playing outside barefoot you're running you step on a dandelion and a bee happened to be on that dandelion and gets you and you're mad at the bees, right? <laughs> where where that's, you know, you're partially to blame. Right. Where wasp and yellow jackets, you're just walking by yeah. and they zap you for no reason just to be a jerk. Yeah, you know? there you go. That's it. <laughs> that's and, and there's your big difference. Yeah. And, and that's why, um, like when you're talking about picnics and things like that, it's really more the jerks that we're talking about right. is the ones that are more challenging. Now, obviously, an open soda pop, you might have a curious bee who comes right. over and so you it might have a situation. Sugar. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got situations like that. But again, vastly different. So you can you can feel good about them because I'm trying to help the audience to feel good about supporting our honeybees and knowing that they are really worth it. Right. That they are not ten- intending harm. Okay, so when we talk about stinging and fear of bees, it always comes up. The swarm, okay. which seems so freakish like it scares people to no end to have this mass of bees all jumbled together um and usually hanging off of a branch Mm -hmm. or you know what a sight it's amazing it's amazing and but scary if you don't know what you're looking at oh for sure so what are we looking at when we see when some when when you see a swarm what is that what's going on so that's 
that's how bees, honeybees, naturally reproduce. So what happens is the queen has a hive and they're doing really well, right? So say if they're in a tree, well they fill up the, that cavity, that space inside the tree and there's nowhere else to go. She communicates that, hey, it's time to leave. So she lays some eggs that the, the remaining bees can feed and build into a queen and she takes half of the hive and leaves in search for a new location which is crazy it seems like most most species would just kick out half right but she's like you know what life was good here you take it i'm going to go look for another place and this is where bees are they're smart in so many ways but this is not a very intelligent thing to do a little do. bit of a head scratcher what they do is she takes off with half the hive and that's when you see the swarm and they usually land somewhere the bee the queen bee isn't very good at flying after you know she's big she's heavy mm -hmm. once she goes on her mating flight her her body changes and so when she goes on a swarm flight she's just not very good at flying and so she flies a little distance and they don't have a plan where they're going <laughs> so from there they're either perched you know lots of times hanging from a tree branch while they send scout bees to go look for our new home which like i say that is not have a plan yeah you know? yeah so usually you have a little bit of time from when the bees swarm, you see them on a branch, to when the scout bees find a new home where they'll all be convinced to go to that new home. So if you see a swarm, it's important to call somebody fast so we can get out there and get them rather easily, you know, we can easily shake them into a box. Once they get established, they're just so much harder to get out. Okay. It's time for a break, and you're listening to a special edition of the Zamzo Show on World Honeybee Day with our guest, beekeeper Eric Tyshirt. And we'll be back right after this. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, inviting you to Nampa's largest and longest-running dog festival, the 15th Annual Pooch Party Stroll and Splash, Saturday, August 26th from 9 to 1 at Nampa's Lakeview Park. The festival includes a one-mile walk, pet-friendly booths, a raffle, contests, and prizes. And best of all, a doggy swim in the pool at Lakeview Park. Zamsos will be there with free samples of our most popular dog treats. Vendor booths and registration open at 9 a.m. with the walk starting at 10. The pool opens at 11 with swimming till 1 p.m. To sign up in person, just stop by any of our 13 Zamsos or register online at nampaparks.org. 100% of all proceeds benefit Nampa's Amity Dog Park and future new dog park near Smith Avenue and Middleton Road. So join us for the 15th annual Pooch Party Stroll and Splash. Saturday, August 26th from 9 to 1 at Nampa's Lakeview Park. Nobody knows like Zamzos. Broadcasting from the Empire Tidal Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. We're back with segment three of our special program on World Honeybee Day, which, believe it or not, is today, August 19th. We're talking about bees today. I'm just so fascinated by this. It's a, it's a wonderful topic. Um, I'm joined with guest uh, Eric Tyshirt, who is a, an official beekeeper. Yes. He's legit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun to have you here. I, I, we're throwing a lot of questions at you, and um, I, I'm, I'm learning as I go here. So this is very cool. Okay, so we were talking about swarms right before we had to take a break. Um, so you were talking about the importance that if you see 
one of these swarms and it's in and you can't miss them i mean if you've ever seen one you really i mean i guess you could miss them if you were driving past quickly because they are kind of they're in a bundle but right. if you happen upon one you're going to know something's up like, oh and it's holy. i'm sure it's it's a scary sight for most people right. i mean when you hear them coming in it sounds like a helicopter yeah it is so cool <laughs> but then when they're they're actually hanging from a branch they're extremely docile um at that point, they don't have a home, and so they have nothing to defend. And so you can actually go up, and I do it all the time, without gloves on. You just go up there, and you, you can almost tickle them. You know, you can mm. just feel. And, and it's almost like a, it's the weirdest experience, but it, it's almost like a liquid of bees, right? So you can just move your fingers right through them with no repercussions it's it's, wow. it's awesome that's very cool i hope to get to do that someday yeah i think that's pretty awesome um so they're not going to like you're not going to walk by and then like make eye contact one and they're all going to turn and like you know aim their behinds at you and sting you like crazy like the cartoons would show yeah no like i say they're <laughs> they've got nothing to defend at that point and so they're extremely docile when you first open a lid you'll kind of notice that when you know in your beehive and that's kind of one of my favorite things to do with with people just learning about bees when you open up a beehive, there's kind of two reactions. One is you lean back and you're like, oh my gosh, look at all those eyes staring yes, at me, yes. right? That's intimidating. It is. And the other reaction is lean in and say, wow, this is awesome. And they're not flying at my face trying to kill me. Right. You know? That was my the first time I had to do an inspection, mm-hmm. which I was nervous about and I put off for a very long time. When I finally did my inspection, I was amazed that like when I when I dumped my bees in and I literally dumped yeah. them in. So you um, must have got a package. Yes, okay. I did. And so I dumped them in and then I had the little the little yep, queen, queen cage. yes, yep. in a cage. And I, so I stuck those and put pinched it between two frames. of the frames. Yep. Um, and, and then put the lid on and was like, oh my gosh. Well, there were a couple of somewhat aggressive bees. And not like, I was in my bee suit because yeah. I was really afraid at that point. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And there were a couple that kind of bounced off, you right. know, that happened. Well, you probably were just driving down the road, the bumpy, bouncy road. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Bingo. It's, it's, it's agitating. Yes, for sure. But when I did my first hive check, there wasn't a single one. And they weren't coming in like, like I had a few on me when I very first, mm-hmm. you know, introduced them. But when I came back from my hive check, they weren't even interested in landing on me. I think I had one that right. even came and landed on me. Right. And it was very gentle. There wasn't anything, right. you know, aggressive at all about their behavior. Right. So. No, and that's just it. There, I mean, there are some more aggressive bees, right? Like I, I sell a lot of nukes and one of the one of the questions I get are, are these Africanized? Which <laughs> they're not. You know, we we lived way too far north for them to be Africanized. Um, and that's just for the audiences, those are what we call killer bees, right? Yeah, okay. Yep, exactly. And they're further south and they're yeah, they're the they're they're a form of honeybee, but they're not like I say, they're not the honeybee we're talking about. Right. By any means. And we do not have them here. No. No, they're not here. <laughs> yes, okay. Um, where was I going with that, though? But There's some that are aggressive. Some yes, are. Yeah, and, and, and depending on the season, right? So August, honestly, is probably the worst time for bees to be aggressive. It's because all the flowers are done. They're over. You know, they're not blooming anymore. And so they're not they're, – they're, they're realizing life isn't so good anymore. Right. You know, we have to start defending what we do have. And that's what that's what that's what they've worked for the whole life or right. the whole the whole year. Mm-hmm. You know, they're building up honey reserves so they have something to live on over winter, and uh, so that would that's when they're their meanest. But overall, no, they're they're gentle. Yeah. 
Well, uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about um, just jump, jumping a little bit back to pollination, um, because I think that there we, we kind of throw that word around a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and especially with bees and other pollinators. And why why does that matter? Why does the average average person care about pollination? What what is it, and why do people why do we need to raise awareness so that people will get behind the cause of planting pollinator friendly plants? and that they will do things to support bees and other pollinators so that we keep those numbers going. Yeah, no, so a lot of the food that we eat actually doesn't need a pollinator. I mean, corn, potatoes, rice, stuff we grow around here, not so much rice, but stuff we grow around here, it's not dependent on bees. But I say anything that tastes good (laughs) pretty much needs bees. I mean, we're talking about a lot of the vegetables, a lot of fruit, you know they they need that act that the pollination that the pollinator provides, and that's just transferring pollen from one flower to another. And uh, I mean, it's possible we could do it with. I've seen people in China do it with feathers, right? It's very time consuming, very <laughs> labor intensive, and no sweet treat, honey reward. Right, right. And it's it's not the way nature intended. No. So I always kind of like to go back to the way that we're supposed to do things. Right, right. So it is important. It is important that we protect them. So I I took the leap this year in in actually you know deciding to become a beekeeper. I use that term really loosely because I'm still so new at it. But I do technically well, have bees, bees in my care. Yes, yes, that's it. My father also does. Okay. Um, neither one of us. I don't know if I will be you know trying to get honey out of them or anything. I really am just doing it to support the bees and uh-huh. you know and they're kind of like a pet. They're very interesting to me. They're they're little and then we'll get to this too. But they're 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 smarter than we think what they are. Yeah. You know, they're they're in little in little flying intellectuals. Um, but and I don't know where I was going with that uh-huh. either. But anyway, um, so uh, if you're if you're not a full blown beekeeper, um, the reason why we want to try to plant things and support bees is that in general we want to keep those po- we want to keep the population of the bees up. Yes. For the purpose of yes, pollinating. And, and there and there's tough times for bees. Um, in fact, right now. It's kind of a transition period. So we're getting done with our tree blooms and our dandelions, which this year was awesome. They, they did really well. But we're not quite to our summer blooms, right? Right. And so I've noticed those bee yards that I have near neighborhoods are actually doing really well. And a lot of it is because people have planted flowers. And it, 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 it kind of helps with the transition. You know, all the fields that the farmers have planted they're not growing yet, or they're they're just starting to grow. Right. Uh, the alfalfa is not blooming, and so I, I find those yards near neighborhoods because people have planted landscape flowers. Mm-hmm. You know, just thinking it's pretty is actually one of the most beneficial things for bees to help them carry from one yeah. time period to another and get between yeah feedings. Yeah, yep, exactly. <laughs> so, okay, exactly. Interesting. Well, very cool. I, I, I last year it kind of accidentally ended up with a whole bunch of bees in my yard last year because of the choices that I made in the flowers that I uh-huh. had, and um, and now I'm like that's all I want to plant uh-huh. because when they're buzzing, when you go by and they are buzzing, it is fun to be around. You can feel it. Right. It's, it's fun to watch them and just be a part of. There's that. an so energy there for sure. There is. It's really fun. I, 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 yeah, I love all that. So is it is it an exaggeration to say that if we didn't have bees, that that the human race would be in trouble? Is that an exaggeration or do you think that, I mean, I realize we can do things. Like there are things that we can, like the feathers that you talked about, right, like we could right. do that. 
You know, and I don't know if I'm the best one to speak on that because, like I say, you can still get a lot of carbs. You can still mm-hmm. have your potatoes. You can still have your corn. You can still have your rice. Which um, wouldn't have any joy. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> stuff that tastes really good. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know if. I don't know how extreme I would go. I don't. I guess I'm not the right person to answer that. But I do think a life with bees is a better life. Yeah, I feel the same way. Well, and we haven't even talked about honey. Right. What a <laughs> delicious treat. <laughs> well, we are almost uh, to the break, but just really briefly as far as honey is concerned, because you definitely, like you, you extract honey yeah. you, and you sell honey. Yeah. So that's part of your business. Right. Okay. So um, we're about ready for a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about not just honey, but there are a whole bunch of other things that bees produce that are also things that you can sell or that can be used in products or that we may not even realize are in products that we're using currently. So um, we will be back after this break. You are listening to the Zamzo's Garden Show. We're talking about bees today, August 19th, which is World Honey Bee Day, right here on News Talk KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Jim Zamzo, here with another satisfied customer of Zamzo's Humigreen. We had a couple of places on our yard that was looking a little brown, and it was just like it wasn't retaining water very well. I put a little extra Humigreen on those areas, and two weeks later, green and as lush as the rest of the yard. And Humigreen helps your soil retain moisture. It helps the soil retain the water. It does not make your lawn grow. It just makes it nice. It turns a very nice, deep green. The color's uniform. There's not light spots and dark spots. It's just absolutely gorgeous. Remember, Humigreen is not a fertilizer. It's a unique, biologically correct product that enhances the soil and actually improves it every time you apply it. I was mowing twice a week and I applied Zamzo's Humigreen and I'm down to once a week now, but I've still got a super green lawn. So take it from Dan Allenbaugh of Eagle. I kind of win it on all aspects. I just absolutely love it. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. We are News Talk KBOI. We're back with our final segment of the Zamzo Show here on World Honeybee Day. We are talking about honeybees. I'm here with Eric Tyshirt, an official beekeeper. <laughs> I like to say that. Yes. Um, I am also an official beekeeper. I'm going to just go ahead and call myself that for the moment. <laughs> Unless I kill all my bees, I hope right. not. <laughs> okay, so before the break, we were talking about... Well, we were talking about just the interesting things about bees. Like, so some of the other, we've talked about why we want to love them and, and why they're so important, really, to life on the planet. Um, but they're also really amazing little creatures and much smarter than I think people know. Yes. So I was just doing some light research just to kind of find some fun factoids. So I, I was reading that um, bees apparently can count. Did you know this? That they can count. Okay, I'll see where um, you're going with this. <laughs> they can count sides. You know, they always make six. Yes, exactly. Okay. So they say that they, they at least can count up to six. Okay. But there is some some ability to actually, yeah, to be able to count and to make things. And I, who knows if it's the kind of counting that human beings do. Right. But they have some ability to be knowing how to do it, how to do that. They also have a little bit of a memory. So there was a recent study where they, um, where they would get bees to fly into a, a spider web. And then they would allow just enough time for the spider to be seen by the bee, and then they would release the bee out of the spider web. And for a while then, bees would be kind of leery of the type of flower that that particular web was spun into, and they would kind of stay away from them for a little while. Yeah. So they have a little bit of a memory or something Yeah, no, like that. that makes sense. Um, 
You'll see in alfalfa fields, when they're growing alfalfa for seed, you'll see big blue trailers, right? Yeah. And they bring in leafcutter bees because leafcutter bees are actually better at pollinating alfalfa because alfalfa has this tripping mechanism inside their flower that will actually whack honeybees on the head hmm. when they go in. And so bees, honeybees learn this, right? And so they start steering clear right, of, avoiding of, the job yeah exactly <laughs> and so sometimes when i'm when i am pollinating alfalfa seed they want me to bring in new hives that haven't yet learned that they're going to get thumped on the head interesting yeah. huh yeah, I, yeah they're just so fascinating they're so they're really amazing creatures they also produce a lot more than just honey um i shouldn't say a lot more but there are a few other things that they do right. so we all of course I think we all love honey. I'm not going to speak for the whole population, but it's hard not to love yes. that. And there's so many different types of honey, too. If people try honey, and by the way, like super duper commercial honey that's not raw, that, you know, a lot of times they add high fructose corn syrup right. and other additives. Funny honey. Funny honey. It's like not it. real 100% exactly. honey. But real true honey can be medicinal. Like, yes. And I use that kind of loosely, but um, we were talking in between. Um, during break, you and I were talking about the fact that um, you can, there's some studies to, to actually feed honey to people, local honey, if for with people who have allergies, that it might begin to desensitize them to the allergens. Right. That, yeah. Local pollens, pollen. local honey. I mean, it, it helps. My wife's getting shots right now to help with her allergies, and it's, it's the same principle. You know, just introduce a little bit and your body builds up tolerance. Right. And uh, yeah, the same. And, you know, thing about honey too is all be the floral where it comes from which flower the taste completely completely different yeah i've been blown away by that before sometimes i taste honey i'll be like this doesn't even taste like honey what right. is this right and then other times that you're over the moon for it you right. can't figure out why and color color the color we, last last summer was not a very good honey season for us um it's just so hot oh yeah but you know what loves heat is mint so we made more mint honey than ever before, and mint honey is very strong. Not all people love mint honey, but does it does it have any mint taste to it, or does it just have a different flavor? Yeah, it has a. It's just a strong. I mean, you can smell it's when you open the hive. You can smell the mint coming out. Interesting. But the honey, I wouldn't say is minty. It's just. This has a different flavor. Strong, yeah. Okay. I don't know exactly how to. I don't have the very best palate, but it's definitely <laughs> I don't either. strong. I just know what I like and what I don't, right. and yeah, I, I yeah. So and then, okay. So what about? And you call it propolis. I've heard people call it propolis. What it tells what that is and what people use that for. Yeah. So when there is a hole that the bees aren't using for entrance or exit. Um, you know they don't want the wind blowing in they don't want the rain coming in and so they start plugging it up right and so they go typically from you know trees they get propolis and it's just a sticky substance that they would naturally use in their hive to plug up holes and to um yeah plug up holes and so it's it it's very sticky but it's also very medicinal hmm. um and i i can't speak on all of you know what it can do for for people but i know there's a lot of naturopathic mm -hmm. um they 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 put in a lot of recipes and absolutely Just google it yeah <laughs> google right. it because there's like there's a ton of stuff out there right. and it is a little different so they 
so the bees uh, can gather the propolis that comes in nature, but then they kind of mix it with their own yeah. saliva, and so yep. they kind of add some magic to it that makes it right. better than just. Well, and the same with them. same with honey, right? So I was actually going to wear my bee shirt today that has a honey bee. It acts like he's throwing up into a honey jar, and that's what honey is, right? Oh, yeah. it, really, it's bee barf. Yeah, if you people know, knew that, they right? Would. Yeah, they <laughs> they they drink the nectar, and then they churn it with their enzymes in their stomach and they pass it to the next bee that does the same thing and then it you know goes through a few bees and then it gets stored in cells and yeah so we and and honey it's is a medicinal great tasting yeah. throw up <laughs> it really is i did notice by the way that you're he's got a t-shirt on that looks like the american flag but the stars are bees and you've got a right. bee that's landing on like a honeycomb strip that looks like one of the stripes it's a good looking shirt i like it you're, you're dressed apropos for the there occasion yeah no i uh I think it's pretty easy to go gift shopping for me. I swear I get everything bee related. <laughs> everything is bees. Yeah. Um, that's that's the way it's happened around the home office too for <laughs> Christmas. I in fact, honestly, the reason why I'm a beekeeper is that the home office are the ones who bought me the bees. Okay. So and in fact, the year before they bought me the hive, and so yeah, they've set yep. me up. I they're like, if you're you know you're gonna have to do this if you're gonna do right. it. So and there's just endless possibilities now. Oh yeah. Now that you're a beekeeper, you just get flooded <laughs> with right. random bee things. That's right. It's awesome. I love it. I love it. Okay, so um, anything else? Like, I guess let's talk about the wax, because the wax is also something that is usable yeah. in a lot of things. Yeah, so usually we get the most wax when we're extracting honey. Um, so you normally, the bees, when the honey is just re- ripe, 18% humidity, they cap it, and they cap it using wax, right? And so when we extract honey, we use a sharp knife to cut the wax off, and then we accumulates, and then we can sell it in bulk tubs. Mm-hmm. But that wax, it's used for everything, making candles, bow strings. I mean, it waxes so many purposes. Yeah. I mean, you can use it in lotions and yeah. all sorts of soaps. things. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, so it's, a lot of those products that are like bee products, you're like, what are they using for this? They're probably right. using People the wax. People think honey. Well, there's honey in my soap. It's, yeah. the, wax. <laughs> it's the wax. Yeah. Right. Lip, I think, you know, chapstick. Yes. Absolutely. So it has so many purposes. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. Again, I'm so amazed by everything that they produce. Okay. So I think hopefully everybody who's listening has been, if you were not a bee lover before, you've converted. Now you're super excited. <laughs> so now you are wound up and ready to go and you want to support the bees. Like it's time, but you're not ready to get your own hive. You're okay. not ready to do that quite yet. Okay. So I was just the average person who wants to help support bees. What uh-huh. are some things that they can do to help? Yeah. So number one, if you have land, let a honeybee, let a let a beekeeper put some bees out on your land. Um, you know, we're always looking. There's a lot of beekeepers around. We're always looking for a place to put bees. Um, so that's number one. Number two, like I was saying, if you live in a neighborhood, plant flowers. Bees find them, and it, it helps with the transition. You know, the different periods. Um, what else could they do? Those are the top. How Those about the water? I've realized yeah, that... Yeah. They use a lot of water. Water, So they use a lot of water to make honey and also to cool off. That's how they they use evaporation techniques to cool off their, their hive when it's when it's hot. So, so water there. sources. And, and I like to put rocks in my yeah, water. Yeah, so they don't so drown. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, and then I'm going to add to support local beekeepers. Um, people like you who are working and make it your life 
business to support bees, that if we can purchase local honey, which by the way, we do use supply Zamzos with local honey. So if anybody wants to come into one of our stores, we are selling your honey. Yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> the best way, right? And you know, it's not the funny honey that gets shipped from overseas. It's not mixed with corn syrup and Exactly. It's 100% raw honey. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you for joining us today on World Honey Bee Day. It's been a great program, and we really appreciate you listening to The Zamzo Show right here on News Talk KBOI. Hi, this is Josh Zamzo. And do you have spiders and spider webs all over your shrubs, your lawn, the eaves and foundations of your home, coming into your garage and even inside your house? If so, don't call an expensive pest control company and wait weeks before they can come out. Instead, come to Zamzo's and hire yourself. At Zamzo's, we have solutions for spiders that are effective and easy to apply, including a new line of products that use natural oils that eliminate spiders, ticks, ants, and more without causing harm to people or pets. What's even better are Zamzo's Creepy Crawly and Home Pest Control both form a barrier to stop spiders and bugs before they enter your home. So if you have spiders and spider webs everywhere you look, look first to your neighborhood Zamzo's for the right solution. 13 stores to serve you, including our original Fairview location between Curtis and Cole Road, where we've been proudly serving you for over 90 years. Nobody knows like Zamzo's.